Hi, and welcome to Irish Writers Podcast. Um, we're three aspiring writers um, trying to get published, <laughs> actually. Um, I'm Kate, and I'm writing a fantasy fiction novel. And I'm here with... With Maura, um, I'm writing um, an action comedy screenplay and uh, some fantasy prose. Mm-hmm. I'm Cathy, and I'm writing a rom-com novel. Nice. Today, we are going to talk about historical fiction. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, so, historical fiction, it's, this is a definition of it. Um, it's a story set in the past and sometimes borrows true characteristics of, ti- of the time period in which it is set. So, perhaps when we start, there's a difference between modern writers mm-hmm. who are writing books set in the past mm-hmm. and old books that are that, that were written contemporary to the time period that they're set in. Which, yeah. So, uh, like, for instance, Agatha Christie or Les Mis or, um, you know, so, like, yeah. they're, they're old books. The, so the classics. They're classics. Mm-hmm. So, so would Agatha Christie be considered a classic? Yeah. Yeah, I, so. I would yeah. say. Okay, okay. Yeah, they're classics. Okay, so they're different from historical fiction, which must be... You're writing about a different time period that you're actually living in. A previous one, yeah. Okay. In the past. Yeah. Not in the future. Sure. That is a... So would the 80s count? The 80s counts! Does it? Okay. (laughs) We'll get to the 80s. Oh, will we? Okay, okay, okay. Eventually. Eventually, okay. So stop jumping ahead. Okay. Yeah. So there's no limit as to how far in the past or future... Right. It just has to be in the past. Right. So, like, could you make it in the nineties? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If it, if it, if there is some. Yeah, because if you like, I mean, events in history that have happened, and you're you're kind yeah. of making the story take place around um, having them interact with the actual events or, or yeah. being affected by it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think. Okay. Okay, all right, okay. Just so I have a clear understanding of what we're talking about. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, some examples of historical fiction are um, like Jean Owl's um, Earth's Children series, um, Ken Follett, Pillars of the Earth. I always think of that one. Um, Tracy Chevalier and, you know, the girl with the pearly ring. And oh, yeah, the oh, other that one. Berlin. Yeah, Other Boleyn Girl. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are... Perfect examples. Um, well, do you have any favorite historical novels? I don't have favorite ones. I used to read a lot of young adult ones. So hmm. um, when I was a young adult, a long time ago, I was reading <laughs> these young adult books. And um, I, I read a lot of them that were set kind of um, 18th century, kind of upstairs, downstairs with servants and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of that kind of, um, you know, the servant girl who was working in the house and what would happen to yeah. her, that sort of thing. Or, um, and now I kind of enjoy more medieval sort of ones where, um, you know, I like that kind of, they go back. It's yeah. almost like fantasy, I guess. There's a real overlap between mm-hmm. them um, that I kind of like. Yeah, there is an overlap. Yeah. And like the Highlander series, which is young adult yeah. as well. And I think that actually is cross genre. I saw it on um, one of the historical fiction novel, like the top bestsellers, you mm-hmm. know, it's on that site. Okay. But it also, 
involves elements of like fantasy. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think it's this not... goes, I think this goes. Now, don't get me wrong. There are plenty of adult examples that I really like as well. Mm-hmm. But I think this genre does really well in that young adult space. I think mm-hmm. it speaks really well to young adults because I think it's a way of um, kind of articulating. Um, Themes or things that are going on yeah. through a different prism, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think it can be very somehow. I, it's like a bridge, I think, between. So I think, like, I was trying to think of ones that I read as an adult, you know, and actually I would read a lot of classics. So I really right. enjoy yeah. classics. Oh, yes. yeah. I think, why, I think that why. maybe historical fiction can be a bridge to classics, like, when, particularly when you're a young adult, because mm-hmm. when I think I, like, I again would have read those as, as a teenager and. Um, and it made me, I guess, but using kind of modern language and modern, mm. familiar with the yes. surroundings. Yeah. So that when I kind of uh, was maybe graduated to classics, um, I it, it, there was part of the work was done by this historical fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think like, I was trying to, trying to think of examples, but obviously like, but there's a lot of young adult mm. books that are set around the Second World War. I remember particularly yeah. things like The Silver Sword and the books I would have read in right. school. Yeah. Well, there's the boy yeah. in the striped pajamas. Yeah, yeah, which is I was well an adult in that commercial. Sorry, I'm, but I, I completely I just realised that it was Philip Gregory who wrote the other. The Philip Gregory, yeah, yeah. That's Tracy Was she? I'm obviously conflated those two people in my head. Mm-hmm. Apologies. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, she wrote the other Glenn girl. No, that's so that? that's the one. I can see that's here. the other one, Philip yeah. Gregory. Oh. Um, I'll come across it at some point. Okay. And, um, because actually there used to be um, a series of this that I really liked that was set in Ireland and again I can't remember the mm. author because I read them so long ago but um, it, there was an element of fantasy where it was um, she, she lived in a modern house um, that was kind of a, a, an old house mm-hmm. and she went out into the garden and some kind of fog happened and she was transported back to the 18th century it okay. was in the same house yeah. and Saying it out loud now, it sounds really silly, but actually it worked really, really mm-hmm, well. Mm-hmm. And you had like these two worlds right beside each other. Yeah. And kind of the, in a way it was talking about the advancements that had happened in terms mm-hmm. of uh, people's lives, women's lives, you know, the lives of young girls. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also at the exact same time, the things that haven't changed at all. Right. Do you know, and it was, I think it was a great way of, of articulating that mm-hmm. struggle, you know, and I think that's something that historical novels do really well. Right. Yeah. I think they force you yeah, to experience a time that isn't your own. And I think that's why, a lot of young adult ones are they're common in, in young adult mm-hmm. not because they aren't they can't be great books for adults as no, well no, it's not but they're that. very yeah. good at taking you know maybe when you haven't thought you've only had your one experience and you haven't thought about the experiences of others and taking advantage of that and exposing you to um, new places I, I thought of an Irish one as well which is Under the Hawthorn Tree oh, which I is about children that. during the famine yeah oh, right. and I remember that and that was really good and like Someone asked me recently about, um, recently, some about a few years ago, about like the famine being not present in Irish minds, and I was like, it kind of is. You you just there's only one. She said there's only one monument to it, and that's true. Like there's a monument, mm-hmm. one monument in Dublin, down in the Docklands. Yeah. But it's very present in terms of like the fields of Athen Rye song, and it, like oh, it's so it's, present, it doesn't need yeah, to be you know represented. Yeah. Like, and so I was telling plus her it like it happened an awful long time ago. I know it, it didn't. 
It it's did. Not Historically. It's 1820s. Wasn't it's only 150 it? years ago. It's not that yes. long. It's a few yeah. generations, you well, know? Yeah, okay. Let's not, let's not have a big debate. No, no. I suppose <laughs> actually, like, I think that was one of the things I said to her was like, here's a book we read in school as children. And actually, I think a lot of people would have read that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Well, I think that historical fiction genre is it's it's so vast and full of wealth yeah. yeah you can actually any era that you're really interested in you can find a novel that's yeah written, yeah like well, although they do kind of fall in into like era. big catchments don't they i suppose the way history does so like you have your ones that are like medieval in, yes. you know and your, yeah. your your inns and your um the the uh, taverns and you what know about kings and queens yeah and yeah kings. so you have like that big cluster and then you have like your kind of your your 20s and your 30s you know gangsters and malls mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. that sort of thing going on and then you kind of have your oh you have like your the big house sort of thing 1800s maybe yeah. you know that sort of thing early 1900s mm-hmm. you know um and then, yeah, you've got kind of like your retros. You've got like your 70s or your 60s, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. I think there's, yeah, they're really sent, can center around. So there's obviously lots of around the Second World War, First World War. Sure, yeah, yeah. Big um, events. Yeah, and things that bring about social change and then talk about the social change in a very personal way can mm-hmm. um, be really, really useful. I think enough on the Pat Barker series about the way we read in book club about the soldiers in the First World War. Mm-hmm. I guess that's historical fiction as well. As, yeah. Um, you know, and I yeah, there's I like, that book, but it was very good. I mean, yeah, I, I really thought that that was a good one. Yeah. Um, I was thinking, um, as well, Margaret Atwood has a few mm-hmm. and it, they're very personal, very, wait, like, wait, wait, though, Margaret Atwood, she writes in all sorts of different times. So sometimes she writes futuristic stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then sometimes she writes in the, the past, the blind assassin is. I think yeah. in the 50s, as far as I remember as well, because I read okay, it, okay. Alias Grace, I think, is in 19th century. So whereas The Handmaid's Tale would be an alternative true. future <laughs> yeah, or a yeah, post-apocalyptic. Okay. Um, so okay. she writes in all different times. But okay, it's possible I mixed her up. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. No, actually, no. Yeah, okay, okay. Going back to Jane Owl. Yeah, okay. Her writing. Um, so her stories take place in prehistoric Europe. Prehistoric Europe. Yeah, prehistoric Europe. Okay. Where the interaction between Cro-Magnon people with Neanderthals. Okay, do they so, speak English? Well, no. No? Okay. Speak, well, her, her book is in English. <laughs> right, way, okay. Well, the way that she does it, like, of course they're speaking to each other in English, and maybe... They communicate in our language. Like, uh, uh, like, they're I, not just Our language. Okay. Well, sometimes if you're communicating with a different tribe of people that... I'm fascinated by these. Oh my god, I have never read these. Yeah, they're they're excellent actually. But she actually had to do a considerable amount of research because obviously there's not like a whole prehistory as in history, yeah. Like so it's in like Stone Age times. Yeah. Not Iron Age and not like Bronze Age, Stone Age. Yeah, like my mind is blown. Yeah. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) So so her books. Take, she she had to do so much research, like, um, I think between the last two books, it was a decade okay. of research. Okay, yeah. a decade, re- I was like, a decade passing in prehistoric, that's nothing. <laughs> decade of research, that's like a whole a different ballgame. Yeah, so she does... How does she do this? Well... Are we sure she's reaching? 
Were you researching or is he just making it up? Because well, that's what you know. I would do. But to be honest, so like, it's, it's prehistory. So like, it's I mean, prehistory, other so than your, nothing is really called written. Oak. Like, but, no, but I mean, you're, you're using <laughs> archaeological sources. So, I mean. So she has to go to sites and, and talk to anthropologists and archaeologists. And to be honest, as an archaeologist, a lot of what you're making up is you're making it up. You're, well, yeah, you, you, you have, have like you have one piece of bone the, that has like a funny shape in it, mm-hmm. and you're you then have to like make a narrative from like oh, well the funny shape it could be yeah. surgery. He had surgery because like I see the little dip. He always got a blow on the head. I mm-hmm. see little you know like so you you, you know you have this yeah. like one tiny thing and you make a whole narrative and you then you try to link it into a, a war that you might think mm-hmm. that took place. So yeah, really, prehistory so is like, yeah, it's ripe for fiction. It is. But I just, how, how, wow. You publish it yeah. in two places. Oh, sweet Jesus, <laughs> I'm reading one of these books tonight. And they're fantastic. They're yeah, really, okay. She writes really, really well. Um, but anyway, there, there's, yeah, so, yeah, so anyway, she had to do, what kind describe of this world that is yeah. much less known to us. And what kind of themes does she use? Like, she's obviously not doing a rom-com or she's not doing a crime book. No, but what is it's, she doing? it's these two, um, like, Cro-Magnon people and Neanderthals and that kind of, um, the interaction between them. Uh-huh. And, well, she takes the story of this one girl who's orphaned uh-huh. and she kind of gets adopted by this family. Right. Of, they're different kinds of people. They're okay. different people than... than what she like she looks different. Tail? She's got blonde hair and blue eyes. Okay. And they have really dark eyes and they're they're heavy set deep heads brows. are different yeah, 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 like they're yeah. just different okay um but anyway it, it's fascinating the, the, Sorry, yeah it sounds yeah okay so yeah I definitely that is most them. definitely historical fiction there's, there's no arguing there's no arguing <laughs> no that but, is definitely yeah but also pillars of the earth by ken Okay. He it takes place in the twelfth century England. Mm-hmm. He makes up this place, um, but but very much with the events of that time. Yeah, he has the characters kind of. Um, and actually, do you know what? I read a book which I thought was very good. It was called Q, mm-hmm. and it was written by a group of people. Yeah. Um, one was kind of a fiction writer. A couple of them were academics. They were they specialized. Some were specialized in war. Others specialized in the politics. Others specialized right. in. Oh and, yeah. And they they wrote they this had, book. They brought their special yeah, specialities together. to it, and it was just an incredible. And it was a very dense, very hard to read book, but it just illuminated the time it was talking about. In a hmm. way that I think um, studying that time, yeah. which I had to do in college, yeah. didn't. So, <laughs> so a lot of my knowledge comes yeah. from Q rather than the university I attended. Um, <laughs> I like when you know when you're posing this historical fiction. I was like, I don't know if I really read historical fiction. And then I'm looking at a list on Goodreads, and I and yeah. uh, I was lying. I definitely read loads of historical fiction. <laughs> Gone with the so, wind is on that. So list. some some of the stuff oh, I would disagree see, with. Yeah, because Gone with the wind was is that a classic? Yeah, well, it depends if Margaret... I'm not sure that Margaret Mitchell wrote it in the time of... Now, they have here Pride and Prejudice on the list, and I'm like, no, wrong. No, that's wrong. wrong. Yeah, Yeah, okay. Um, But some stuff that they do have, that the Book Thief, which I, you know, is Mm -hmm. a very popular one. Tale of Two Cities, which would be historical fiction. Um, So Tracy Chevalier wrote The Girl with the Pearl Earring. Mm -hmm. I just mixed up those books. Um, There are some 
Uh, one book that To Kill a Mockingbird is historical fiction. Yes, it is. The Help as well. Oh, um, would it be? Yeah, because she it, it is because she's not writing about the time she lives in. She's, no. There's lots of but books here that are memoirs, oh, and they fall into this. So oh, The Color yeah, Purple I, as well, oh, yeah, talking about growing up somewhere. But if no. you were to write a book about the eighties in Dublin, would that not be no? Because I was like type? one. So it's not like I lived through it. I didn't. Well, I, some of us lived through the 80s. I yeah, <laughs> but, but like, yeah. yeah, but I like, I mean, I think it's different if I was a teenager in the 80s and I wrote about the 80s, I don't feel like that would be historical fiction because you were kind of conscious I think in it, the if 80s. It's not the now, it's historical. No. Okay, well, I think can... there has to be a time there. Anyway, there's an, here's another nice one that I really liked, which I must put on the list for book club. The Guernsey Literary Potato Peel and Potato Peel Pie Society. Have you read that one? No. Oh, it's lovely. That's a lovely book. Um, Cold Mountain is written about the American Civil War. Mm-hmm. Cold oh. Mountain. There's anyway, another one, a movie I saw as well. And yeah. to be honest, the whole thing could have been solved I, if everybody just got dogs. <laughs> well, I really liked Cold Mountain. I, re- I really liked that I as a book as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have the book somewhere out. Uh, yeah, so actually, when I'm looking through this list, I'm like, yeah, that's a favourite book of mine. That's book of Atonement, again, historical fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love So, books. I mean, I think this is kind of a, it's a genre that I think is sometimes overlooked a little bit. Because yeah. I think sometimes it's associated with the, um, what are they called, the bodice rippers? Is yeah, that the name of yeah. it? Or the kind of... Um, clunky not so great medieval I think sort as of well, they probably have another strong genre in them you know like yeah so are they, they romance are they crime yeah. are they political are they mm-hmm. so historical fiction is a bit of a catch-all it's just a when of the story yeah which maybe well, you isn't always the think biggest of these like kind of the, the scandal like jane austen-esque mm-hmm like so, like P. G. James, she went back to write um, the what was the one she Death wrote modernly? Yeah, it? yeah. So it's obviously um, that is. It, it, historical well, fiction because yeah. she wrote it as the next novel of what was it, Pride and Prejudice? Yeah, wasn't it? Um, so it has to be historical fiction, but yet I would not think of it in that way. Yeah, I, well, I think, here, here's one. Yeah, there's, there's perfume, the story of a murderer. Yeah, and it's it's kind of like a psychological yeah. thriller. I guess, mm-hmm. and you know, but it and is yet, it set take, in the past. And, it is you know, set in the past, you know. and it has and I think real there's something, places. I like. I mean, I read a lot of classics, and I what I really like is that it's that sense of going back to a time you don't know. Mm-hmm. That is, you know it; it's familiar, right. but yet you don't know it, and it's fun to visit. And you can't yeah. visit it any other way. It's not like you can get on a plane and yeah. go back to the twenties. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that's. It's, and I think from, feel, uh, sometimes though, like. I'd be like, well, I'd rather read it from the perspective of someone living at the time in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's another one that uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Okay. Which is it's fancy. fancy. Uh, but I can see that it is also set in the past. It's very set. But it has a real has, sense of time in the 19th there century. There kind of has to be an overlap a little bit between yeah. fantasy yeah. and, and fiction. Oh, yeah. like Just like the one you know? um, like Highlander series. Yeah, yeah. That has... It's like travel through time. And that, yeah, that, I mean, an like of, just by virtue of the fact that you're setting that, yeah. it so far apart. Yeah, from so the time I, you I know. think though it's um, that's not <laughs> the thing about historical fiction. There's another dominant genre. Yeah, I just had an epiphany. Uh-huh. I've actually written historical novel or, oh, really? or beginnings of it. Oh, really? Don't you remember? 
<laughs> oh, uh, that one. That one. You you, you don't remember <laughs> the Adventures of Captain Lance Dagger. Okay, yeah. that was my very it first book club I attended. It was a, okay. just for fun. I'm still dying for you to finish that book. Okay, yeah. So go on. So it may it may be under humor. Mm-hmm. Humorous, yeah. humorous historical fiction. <laughs> it's a genre. Like. But there's obviously got to be mystery and drama yeah. and comedy. So what, and, ma- and what makes things. good historical fiction then? Well, well, funny you should say that, Kathy. <laughs> yeah. Rather than this. Do you have something written down? <laughs> <laughs> I was on the Writer's Digest website. And they have an article, How to Write Historical Fiction, okay. Seven Tips on Accuracy and Authenticity. Mm-hmm. So we can, we can dive into this, mm-hmm. you know, um, and see what you think of this. Okay, the first one, I like this. Have fun with the research, but do your homework. So um, it just means, I think, have a, a grasp or... The knowledge in, that will help you create an authentic background for your novel. And actually, this is one of the things that pulls me away from historical fiction. Because, <laughs> Research from writing it? No, from reading it. <laughs> okay. Um, because I think sometimes people over-describe. They want yeah. to show that they really have done their research and that they know this time period inside out. Right. So they can't just walk by a chair or sit at a table. They must They must describe how it was made, that, what the joists are made of, what you know, whether it's carved, whether it's upholstered. Whether, what the, how the die was made. You're like, nobody cares. It's a chair, it's a table, move on. Some people... <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're saying move on an awful lot when it comes down to do a description. Oh, no, and, and, like, and to be honest, some of the fun of historical fiction is to get some of that description, to get some of the flavour, to mm-hmm. see how people interact differently, to see the different hierarchies or structures, social yeah. structures. But well, I think I, sometimes it yeah. goes into overkill. I see how it kind of overlaps with a previous episode that we've done, mm-hmm. Sense of Place... In that you want to be able to describe the thing, things that are important in a way that puts you there in that time, but not overdo it. And I think historical fiction, the temptation to over-describe, has to be a criticism against that genre. Well, depends. It's Maybe it's one of the things that could be problematic, but you have to do it well. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes people do over-describe it. Sure. Could be, yeah. yeah. People write bad books all over the place. <laughs> sure, yes. <laughs> Okay. In all genres. In all and genres. I attempt to do, I'm going to attempt to do that. I want to, <laughs> I want to publish the worst book number. in every genre. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the second is let the characters engage with the historical details. So that's a bit like the description through action in the sense of place that you're talking about. Yeah. It's not just a matter of saying they were surrounded by old things, you know, that were in olden times. <laughs> yeah. It's about their lives being, you know, like I love well, shouting at historical things and going, just Google it! Even yeah. though obviously I know they have no Google. But I find it amusing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The kind of jokes you get with me when you watch Tommy. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, like that they are... Well, I think it's that... and promoted by... Yeah, and that, that idea yeah. that, like, you know, if you're, if you're running over the fence in your long petticoats or the, if mm-hmm. you, you know, your boots are thin on the cobblestones or, yeah. you know, it's that way of describing... Your corset Through is creepy. Yeah, it's, you know, <laughs> that, like... Your corset. Well, and, you know, and it's something... Well, you see, then, you see, I think, that's something that a modern person would notice. They would be sitting in a room with ladies thinking, what the hell is that creaking? That's really weird. <laughs> Whereas ladies who are used to the sound of creaking... 
would not it'd be Maybe background like, noise I can't to them. As normal. A yeah, so they, they'd be like, oh, you know, creak, creak, creak. That's normal. So much the same as we don't hear the clock ticking or we don't hear the heating come on and off. Right. I don't they know. Won't I think uncomfortable the... underwear, no matter when you are placed. Uh, yeah. You know. Well, not if it's your way of being. No. Okay. Now, as a person who likes to fling a bra across a room, <laughs> right. I tell you, <laughs> having something dig, yeah. digging into the side of me, you'd be going, I just want to take this goddamn thing off. Oh my God, I just want to take this thing off. You know, they were very, really uncomfortable things. But they wore them every single day. Yeah. They were trained into them. I'm just saying, that's how I feel about my bra. Okay. So, I wear that every day too. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> I feel like we've gone down a wrong road here. (laughs) So, yeah, you just need to engage with the senses again, Mm -hmm. like the characters do, and don't just dump the facts. Yeah. Because that's just... And I think maybe that's where you get that over-describe, because it's just a download of data basically yeah. that you don't need for yeah. the plot or the, the it's much d- more the character interesting arc when the, or the, the characters yeah. are they just reveal it as they go right yeah yeah I agree. very good um okay the third is allow the characters to question and explore their place in society does every character do that not every character but okay but you know, in the same way as we'll be in our everyday lives, bounce off the boundaries that are put there for us. Mm-hmm. Like lightly, you know. Do we? Well, I do. <laughs> what like, you? Well, oh, I don't know if I do. Like, I, I get up and I clean the house because that's just part of my role as uh, that I have in life, you know. Do I question whether it's right that I should be cleaning it or whether John should be cleaning it or blah, blah, blah? I don't. I just get up and clean the, the house. Now, <laughs> I just, you John, know. John, if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> this is where it's hard to hide. You know? <laughs> Do you know, so like, I don't know if every single character questions their place in society. I don't know if the, the scuttle maid would but be like, allow, why me? Why wasn't I them. But then, But they might in a, like, Okay, but like, every person gets annoyed at the things they have to do, right? Even if mm-hmm. the re- reason why they have to do them is a big societal thing and they don't engage with that, like, you're still like you're still going, oh, why do I have to clean that again? You know, I feel like that about my own laundry. That's not to do with my place in society, <laughs> right? <laughs> like again, again, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. like so. Well, do you know what I would say? I would say if it's part of the plot. That they're mm-hmm. they're questioning it. So, like you know, it's plenty of historical novels where the main part of the plot, like for instance, around World War One, around World War Two, and it's yeah. huge social upheaval. Yeah. It's part of the plot yeah. is that they're questioning why did this happen and why is it happening to me and, mm-hmm. and where am I? Then yes, absolutely. But I don't think every character should be I questioning think it. Not every I think I think most characters are moany. Most people are a bit moany from time to time, and that's. I think you might complain about something, but I don't think you're going to question the boundaries or the social boundaries of, of, of where you're where you're at I think that you and might do, you know do it what? can I give ways. an example of this yeah. can I give an example of mm-hmm. this um, when PJ PD P. James yeah. went back and wrote the death in she didn't go back she didn't write the first book you're right she didn't, <laughs> didn't travel through time she co-opted someone else's <laughs> yeah. characters yeah. yes it'd be so much better if she went back <laughs> way more impressive yes okay acknowledging that she did not travel through time she didn't the characters didn't question their roles if you know what I mean but there were some kind of sly hints to the modern yeah. reader um, and some kind of winks if you know what I mean mm-hmm. but there wasn't a fundamental questioning of okay, this society but let's let's say 
it's characteristic of all Jane Austen books that their characters question the society because she's talking about society. Elizabeth Bennet questions her place. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do it overtly. It's not the main part but the, of her but character. The rest, but the rest of the sisters don't. Um, you, you see it a little bit with the Which other way? sisters. But you don't, you know, they're not full characters. They're mm-hmm. very 2D, you know. Like, Jane is a bit upset about things from time to time. They're very small. They're like, mm-hmm. you know, they're things like being embarrassed or expected to be embarrassed by their uncle and aunt who are in trade. Mm-hmm. Like, and there's a point where Elizabeth goes, I am not going to be embarrassed by it. those are perfectly respectable people. Yeah. Do you know, like, it's, it's not, sure. it's not grandiose. I don't think, I think... We, as people, buff it around in the world. Mm-hmm. And what I mean is, like, we may kind of... I think it's like just acknowledging that you have frustrations and things, like, as you go. Well, even the social com- commentary on, you know, when they're all playing cards in um, Mr. Bingham's... Yeah. Bingley, sorry. Bingley, you're yeah, right. Sorry, I am a Jane Austen fan, <laughs> and I love that book. Anyway, Mr. Bingley in his house, and, you know, Caroline Bingley is saying, yeah. oh, well, you know, we know very many, a lot of accomplished women, and mm. she names off all the things that are accomplished. Yeah. And Elizabeth's there reading a book, you know, and it's saying, okay, who, who says, you know, this... This is what an accomplished person is, and it's kind of like yeah, and but it's no. not like grandstanding about you know okay, and like Jane Austen is very like she believes in society and so, social structure. She doesn't upend it in even in the books that seem like they might be pushing past like Emma. She goes back and people marry it in their status, right? Mm-hmm. It's not she's not a people, but her characters bounce off the world the way we do, you know. I just don't think I think. I think so long as it is core to your plot, then I think fine. So but you're I just don't so think. With plot. <laughs> or, or sorry, or so long as it is core to your character's development, fine. Yeah. But I don't think every character in that world should question their place. Well, this is this is what they suggest that when it happens, when you do that, it helps reveal the larger context mm-hmm. of the society. If they kind of, and I wonder, are they trying to say that as your characters, your main characters question their place, it can reveal about the society. It's a way of it's way of describing the society. So it's a way of being like they're abandoned. Yeah. So it's a way of being like, oh, you know, I can't believe I have to be the one who's cleaning out this cold shuttle and and again. Yeah, and your man's still in bed. And 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 you might even be going as far as your man's still in bed. You might be still going, oh, I have to do it again. I have to clean the fireplace again. Throw in quick description of the fireplace. That even like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the smell yeah. and the feel of <laughs> while you're there. It, it, just, it gives a sense of who they are and what their boundaries sure. are, what their okay. expectations of them are. Yes. So even if they're not like going revolution, yeah. they are going. Well, this There's this many, is an expectation yeah. of me. You know? And I think it's allowing it to describe. Sure, I just think yes. I think every character should not be in revolution. No, I, yeah. I don't think it, yeah. they should be either. Okay. But okay. I think that we we are people who bounce around and hit barriers and get frustrated mm. and they may be things that we don't attach to a bigger picture mm-hmm. but an outside viewer like a reader may yes. attach them yes. to yes. a bigger picture yeah. or may not like, like, a, like a good author might yeah. indicate yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. like, you know, like, but even in ourselves as individuals like yeah. we moan about things and, and sometimes they are things that are like the expectations that you have as a woman or the expectations you have as an Irish person or, they, or you know or the, did you have to go to work mm-hmm. I mean I'm disgusted by that. Oh, me too. Why can't I be a person of independent means? 
Yeah. <laughs> I remember yeah. I remember actually seeing the, you know, the Jeeves and Worcester series uh, when I was a kid and asking my dad, like, well, what does he do? I could really <laughs> couldn't get my head around what Bertie Worcester's job was. Yes. And my dad was like, he's a he's a gentleman of independent means. And I was yeah. like, but what, what does, does he, he do? do? Yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He doesn't do anything. You know? Oh, the dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, moving on to number four. Use the internet wisely to inspire and inform. So, for example, they give the example of how long does it take to walk from the Louvre to the Eiffel Tower? You could quite long. You could, yeah, it is actually quite long. Okay, but I think I've done it. Yeah, so you can, you can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you can, because they don't realize how long it is. That, you yeah. know, yeah. like, and I guess you know, I think take. as well, um, walking doesn't change in speed. For instance, right? So as fast as I walk today is pretty much as fast as anybody has walked in time, mm-hmm. whereas. The time it would take a horse and cart to travel between yeah. those, or the right. time it would take um, a, a raging steed, or whatever it is that you happen to be on, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> you know, is, is different. So yeah. I think, and as well, I mean, do you know, or a car from nineteen thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like a, a different motor. In Dublin. Yeah, yeah. and like things like well, you know, well, surfaces change. So like you know, walking on a, a nice clean footpath is very different than meandering through the dirty streets of medieval Dublin, where all the right. rubbish is just piled outside your door, and you're yeah. like weaving around, and mm-hmm. you know that sort of thing. So I think. Yeah, so I think definitely measure distance and how, and how long does it take a person to walk from A to B, sure. But then I think think a bit more about, yeah. oh, about where you are and how's that working. I, I, like, and, and, and going back to Jane Austen, and she is not writing historical fiction, but there's one thing in Emma, I think, where she's talking about... So Emma lives in Hartfield, which is beside Highbury, which is where Arsenal's home ground is. Right? Oh, really? So okay. Highbury is definitely part of London as we perceive it mm-hmm. now. And her sister moves to London... And it is too far to visit. It is right. too like it's yeah. it's not too far to go for. They visit each other like once a year, mm-hmm. but you can't get there and back in a day. And certainly, a yeah. lady in a like carriage, carriage can't. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that little fact. Even though she's not writing to make it, she's having an argument with someone mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. like where the brother-in-law sings, oh, it's only up the road. And she's like, it's only up the road for you. But actually, for me, it's yeah. quite far. Yeah. Um, I don't get to see her every day. And so that means it's far. Yeah. And I think like when you, it's it's a really good way of showing the change, like how like that certainly that was, wasn't London. Yeah. yeah. Surrey, yeah. I think. And, yeah. you know, like. Yeah, you, know, you, you can't know. just pop in a car and zoom yeah. off somewhere or, you know. And like, I think we forget how far distances it are. Oh, and, I definitely you know, do. Like, I definitely do. And I think as well that um, transport is so accessible to us now so you can mm-hmm. hop on a bus you get in your car yeah. you whereas if you're a certain time period or a certain status you don't have yeah. transport so you're either walking and are you even allowed to leave yeah. do you know like there are expectations yeah. that you're going to be up tomorrow to clean the coal shuttle mm-hmm. so like you know <laughs> we're all about the coal <laughs> and the yeah. Yeah. speaking of like distances one thing that really has helped me to to gauge distance is while well, i walked the Camino de okay. Santiago mm-hmm. you know and I walk about a pace of five kilometers an hour. Okay. And so, yeah, and to get, you know, to 25K, <laughs> it takes X number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's and actually helped me. And, yeah. yeah, between rest yeah, and Yeah, and you need to eat, eat, you need to sleep, eat, and you need to, you know. You need to take the socks off and let your feet breathe for a yeah, bit. Yeah, But, yeah, so that's helped me in writing my... Yeah. my novel because they are a on foot journey. a lot and yeah. then it helps me gauge the distances between 
cities and, and places. So, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's... I recommend the Camino for everybody. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All writers All right, need to the walk the Camino. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um, so, for number five, they have... The internet can be bad. Okay. How? I disagree. And they, and they, point, <laughs> they point at Wikipedia... Sure. Yeah. 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 Do some proper research. Use reliable resources. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some things like distance, you know, walking distance between the Eiffel Tower and the Louvre, perfect. Fine. Great. For. I think, like anything, when you're researching, you should be. You should have varied. Very sources. You have more than one source. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So if the fact is really important to your novel, have more than one source. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that would be the rule of thumb. Yeah. Most people say three sources are a good number. Yeah. I But I had trouble teaching students in university to not use Wikipedia. But anyway. It's not a... Okay, just you know what? Right. Yeah. Move on. Because <laughs> yeah. that's a, it's a yeah. dumb podcast. <laughs> yes. Okay, number six. Don't fret the details. Let the story be told. Yes. that's I like that one. Because that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Sometimes they just... And it, ju- it just slows down, and people yeah. skim it once they get used to how you write. So, for instance, like you're saying, that like paragraph for the start, yeah. description. I, and yet, yeah, I on the flip side, when I'm reading classic books, every so often they drop in a thing about, like, oh, he got the tobacco out of the pouch, or he did, I don't know, just some teeny tiny little yeah, detail those are the little that kids, I just, the I, I love, love it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like a little bit of chocolate every so often. Do you know what exactly. I mean? It's just. But and, and it makes it special because you only get it a little. You only get a little, not yeah. not too much, but in, no. just enough. Yeah. So you, you get mm-hmm. you, give me a broad outline. Let me know where I am. Yeah. But then you know only as I need it. Right. I th- I think, you know how much, how much research is enough. I mm. think, as much as you want, because well, you could research. I think for what, decades. No, yes. But but even research for decades, like, uh, Jean, Jean Owl. Uh-huh. She her research paid off. I, like she she needed to gather all that that research in order to write her book. Do you know what my fundamental problem is? If I've done research, I feel compelled to tell you all about it. I feel compelled to tell you every fact that I know, and that's not good writing. Well, <laughs> Do you know. Yeah. Well, so so maybe it's once you have a basic the basic knowledge of whatever kind of book that you will be writing. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, it's like it's probably just, a sense of confidence and kind of going, I can now, I write, can the now story write the story here. I probably need to read a bit more as I go, sure. but I now have an idea. I think maybe as a writer, you have a sense of place yeah. and a sense of time. Mm-hmm. There's actually a writer that I was reading, just talking about research, and what he said he did, or she said, I can't remember, was that um, they wrote the book, they wrote the story, mm-hmm. and they fine-tuned that story. And then they established what they needed to research. So their research goals were very specific. Right. Yeah. They, knew, they needed to find out the description of this chair, or mm-hmm. they needed to find out who was the mayor at this time. Yeah. Or, you know, these, so these you'll know as details. you write the story. But I so do there's think no wasting time. There's no decades on research. There's research goals. But I think that, that only works for stories that are where the time is not integral to the story. Mm. That it's a story well, th- set th- somewhere as opposed to... So let me explain that differently. They kind of have a good overview okay. of their time period. Right. Okay. Yeah. So they have that kind yeah. of, I know I know about prehistory or I know about mm-hmm. the Iron Age or I know about in yeah. general. Yeah. And then they write their story yeah. Yeah. and then for the details. So you mm-hmm. don't go off and detail how swords were made if nobody has a yeah. sword. To be <laughs> honest, what I mean? you'd forget where you started with that. You would be oh, like, I'm sure I knew something about circles. that thing but I forgot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that's one way of, mm. of limiting that research because I think it's a, it's a rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. You could, you could yeah. spend the rest of your life in it. 
Yeah, I yeah. think, yeah, it depends, yeah, um, yeah, what you're writing, too. Um, so, this number seven is, love the process, because readers will still find errors. <laughs> yes, yes, And they will yes. let you know about them. Actually, I was listening to um, another podcast, um, the Australian um, Writers Podcast one, and they had a historical author on, and apparently she made this, like, classic error, oh, no. like, a big, no, it was a teeny tiny part of her book, and her whole point was, why did I put it in? Yeah, she was like, wasn't necessary. It wasn't relevant to anything, and it's all anybody remembers about that book was this little error oh, that she made. No. And every time she goes to speak, every time she writes something, you know every what? time it's I have like, to say, there's one one book we read in book club, the Lacuna. And okay, yeah. I think it has problems with the narrative, but I really and liked Barbara it. Kingsley. Yeah, I really liked it. But there was a thing she did at the very start. She talked about the Count of Monte Cristo. She talked about it wrong. And her character was supposed to love that book. Yeah. And it was like something about him looking at his wife through the bars. And like, he never married! Yeah. And I had that in the back of my head the whole time, even though I actually thought I the know. prose was beautiful. And the, you know, there was so much in it that was really historic. She did an awful lot of yeah. research for that. But I just was like, I can't remember the freaking plot of the Count of Monte Cristo. It was just like the book that we just read in the, the Kinky Friedman, Friedman book, yeah. um, where he, he's describing. Um, this beach oh, yeah. and he's like oh yeah it's in Portugal and it's called but he just he says it in Spanish yeah and he describes it being near Gibraltar or someplace like that I'm like yeah, and it's like for somebody who no. knows it, it really jars. Yeah. It really and it really jars. jars. And for somebody who doesn't know it, they just skim over yeah. it. So, I mean, unless you're praying to write to an uneducated audience, yeah. which, to be honest, if you're writing historical fiction, that's not going to happen. There's people yeah, who there read, will be people who know more yeah. than you. Of course, yeah. but there always will be. I think that's yeah. true in the world. Yeah. But yeah, I just yeah. think keep to the facts you need to have. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And just... And like we all, we're going to make errors, right? Oh, I'm sure, come here. I like a hundred people proofread her book, mm. she was saying. Like she's, yeah. like, she's like, she made the error. Yeah. Like she did, she wrote it. Mm-hmm. But like, she had a thousand editors. She yeah. had like, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, a big yeah, no. publishing house. I do she like, had, um, you know. I like Pratchett's position when, you know, because he's, he's writing a series of books and characters reappear. And he says what he said there are no mistakes there's just alternative pasts so it's like mm, that's just an alternative okay. past yeah. 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 you know yeah. and I, I really like that because he's like you know what I'm going to make mistakes yeah that's not sure. the point though you yeah. know but, you see, and this is it and that was her, this was her whole point characters. she was like the frustration she yeah. had because she was like the book was so much better than that one mistake yeah, yeah. yeah. oh know. that's so frustrating oh so frustrating now she, don't get me wrong she is a very you know accomplished author and she definitely published afterwards mm. and in some ways it catapulted her name into okay. the yeah. into the mind of the public but um, not for maybe the right reasons but yeah. famous is famous you know mm. <laughs> yeah um well, I have a question for you both. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you were to write in the genre of historical fiction, what era or time in history would it take place? So I went through a total phase of 19th century novels, mm-hmm. particularly 19th century Russian novels. I don't know, so I feel like I have a sense of, and I've probably forgotten actually a lot of it, but I have a sense of that place. So I'd be, part of me is like, would be like, you know, I would want to have a real strong sense of mm-hmm. place and time. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of 19th century Russian novels are very boring. Not boring. Mm-hmm. I read I read a load of them. They're interesting in some ways, but they're quite melancholy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would much rather write something that was swashbuckling. So <laughs> <laughs> yes. I would choose France. Um, <laughs> uh, but um, 
yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not really sure. Like the the other thing that I I think was like um I, I you know thinking about Jane Austen, thinking about um Napoleonic Wars and all that time, which I again is, is like I like novels of that time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but some things you know I don't think I would be so good at writing but I feel well, this, the, the, no, this is not about how your limits as a writer yeah. just if you could if you have the ability yeah. of yeah. the world I don't know I don't I think I, I like that time period but I think I would be frustrated I think it's very um hemmed in for women particularly and so I but might might feel like I might be anachronistic in writing and I might have yeah. these characters who are so annoyed at restrictions <laughs> in a way that it wouldn't be true to mm. the time period yeah um the other time sense I have time of and I I um it always makes me think Blackadder makes me have this yeah so I love the, I always think of like the Regency period with oh, yeah. the idiot Prince George who yeah. <laughs> probably wasn't an idiot yeah. but uh, in my head is yeah and, uh, so I like find so I don't know like so those kind of time periods I think there's like not, lots of things to play with there's lots of exploration and mm-hmm. adventure mm-hmm. and then there's also I suppose war periods are massive drivers of social change and I find yeah. that very very interesting yeah um, um, I don't know uh, I could certainly write about the 1980s in Ireland because I think that's a very pr- particular sense but I feel yeah. again it might be very dreary and uh, mm-hmm. I think it would be very local I, I think it would have a very national appeal yeah and I don't like outside I, of Ireland it may not I, it's funny so my friend Raquel who is not Irish um, but has lived in Ireland a very long time she every so often she says because some will come up and they're like well the 80s in Ireland and she's like the 80s in Ireland is like a thing like a thing you had to pass through if you weren't here you know <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, London, like, no, it's, no. like no, it's like London <laughs> in the 60s it's bad you know, like, no. you know? Um, you know and you're like yeah I, yeah I think um, I, it's funny because I just have an 80s Ireland thing that um, my sister-in-law is German and she is East German and she you know so grew up behind the wall yeah and she was talking recently about it, probably a while ago, about like, you know, because she was, she's around the same age as me, so she wasn't very old when the wall came down. So it's really her childhood. And she said that they had American cousins and there was a shop where you could go and just spend dollars and sometimes so. And she said, uh, you know, that she spent $10 one day and got a Monchichi. And my response yeah. was to turn to my mother and say, we lived in the West and I never had a Monchichi. <laughs> I never had a Monchichi, Monchichi. I was so jealous. I was like, look at her with her Monchichi. Yeah. Little, the little monkeys with the anyway, um, so I just yeah I feel like that that has a real there's a real time there's something very particular about the eighties in Ireland mm. I think mm. um, and I have similar flashbacks to it when seeing Mad Men which shouldn't be but just goes to tell you that the clothes that the children wore in America in the sixties we were wearing oh, in yes. the eighties yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's like a time warp I, it is yeah. and the furniture and because yeah. you know yeah. because no one had anything new and yeah. so it's like it was sturdy absolutely <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> Made of plastic. plastic. (laughs) Um, So I think there's like I for me I'd want to write in a place in a time that has a a real sense of itself, like a real that's distinct. Yeah. Um, But I don't. It's not something that particularly appeals to me to do because I think it would be too hard work. Too much hard work. Yeah. Well, I actually started my novel actually started um, as a historical novel. It started in the sixties, and Mm. I just discovered it was too hard to do. (laughs) So I. dumped that idea and brought it straight up to modernity um, so so yeah if I could have a writing partner who would fill in the historical details um, mm. I actually love reading books in the 40s 
So mm. I love all, all the Agatha Christie's. I love all the. I just love all those books that are just. Oh, I just love the. And I know it's kind of nostalgia, but it's like so that it's like the war time. Yeah, and it's kind like of. you know, it's it's that kind of. It's right before the war kind oh, of before, changes yeah. society, and you have this kind of just this. Everyone knows their place, and you know they they wear like nice clothes, and they uh, I don't know I just mm. like it I just like visiting it. And I, to be honest, it would kill me to live in it, yeah. but I like visiting it, you know. Um, and I do I love those upstairs downstairs. I love those like early nineteenth century, yeah. those eighteen hundreds, you yeah. know. Um, I, I I love I like I really loved them as a teenager, mm-hmm. um, but I really do like if there's something on TV, I'll kind of zone in on it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I do. I love to visit them because again, I feel like they're different from the they time are, that we yeah, have, absolutely. and yet their stories are so transferable. You know, like we're yeah. still going through like an ongoing circle. People we're still are the same. Yeah, like for instance, I was doing a bit of research today on medieval Dublin, and um, they had a thing where. Women could join um, uh, guilds, but not be masters of the guilds. Mm. They had like, mm. you know, basically they were basically describing women of today. Yeah. Like, why can't women be CEOs? Why yeah. can't you know this sort of idea? And like, you know, they were fondly remembered as mothers and wives and sisters in wills, yeah. but not given any of the property. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. so it's just how I just love this idea that the the the, the circle kind of keeps rolling the problems. Yeah are very transferable and I, I love that idea of seeing modern problems through the prism of different times yeah, and different yeah. constraints and that's what that's what draws me to historical fiction I think hmm. plus the chance to just visit something you could never visit mm, yeah what about you? when yeah. would you write okay I had ancient Greece ancient oh, yeah. Rome yeah um, I just I love I love that yeah Part to of be history. honest I feel like everybody wears togas <laughs> That's all I Everybody think wears togas. Yeah, and I'm like, ah. they they had to have worn more clothes than togas because it would hope does so. get cold. Does it? Okay. Yeah. I'm now imagining them in woolly jumpers over the to- <laughs> over the togas. <laughs> That's the kind of historical fiction I write. <laughs> a a gun woolly jumpers. Yeah. Woolly jumpers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Roman Empire, like that was fascinating yeah. to me. Um, and I, yeah, I, I mean, I've, I haven't read anything. There's loads of books. There's mostly men who write those kind of, mm. um, well, they are soldiers the fantasy, and about that. They? Yeah, they, they are they they very, fantasy. very into fantasy. Yeah. yeah. And so I, maybe yeah. that's why. I'm just going to, I'm just going to the Renaissance because I did a lot of work on Renaissance political theory. Yeah. yeah. So I actually know an awful lot. I forgot that I know a lot <laughs> well, about Renaissance. As you do. As you do. Which is also like, yeah. Which is, yeah. Oh, gorgeous. Like I, you know, I, my, my master's thesis is on Machiavelli and so I did a lot of like Florentine stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, in the history of anyway, yeah. So I could write about that totally. Yeah, definitely. And then I, I also had the eighties, maybe the nineties. I see. I feel like the nineties are starting to come back into vogue. Um, I yeah. feel like people are starting to become nostalgic about the nineties. Um, even a little bit nostalgic about two thousand. Yeah, which is know? upsetting. We well, I'm mean, like it's a bit close, people. Like you know, like they're yeah, having a Spice because... Girls reunion. That's the nineties. That's the nineties. Yeah, but I still feel like right. I remember it too well for it to be, <laughs> you know, retro. But this is eighties and nineties. US. Well, my Yahoo email America. address came back in fashion then. Ooh. Because I was like, getting my phone fixed a while ago, and the guy asked me for my email address, and I told him, and then 
he said at Gmail and I said no at Yahoo and he went ooh retro, <laughs> retro. <laughs> I was like I'm just old just old <laughs> yeah, yeah it's okay I tell people I'm on Hotmail and they're like do you get much spam I'm like no we all stopped using Hotmail 15 years ago because of the spam I know but I was like actually now that everybody else is gone it's fine <laughs> <laughs> just you alone on Hotmail <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I think yeah, this, this is a... Yeah, actually, do you know what? I'm, I'm like, I'm going, well, I'm definitely going home to read one of those prehistoric historical yeah. novels. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is, I think, a, an area that I, I haven't thought about in a long time, but I'm mm. really, yeah, I'm really... Excited I'm about really it. excited. I'm definitely, yeah. yeah I'm really, getting yeah. some ideas. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm moving, maybe moving away from the classics and moving back into historical mm-hmm. fiction, mm-hmm. I think, is something I'm yeah. excited about. I, I mean, it's something that they always say about like romances is that so in reality like in every day in, in the world that we, in which we live in there's not really that many obstacles when you like someone and they like you you just get on with it right yeah. so but but to tell romantic stories about how people get together there have to be obstacles of and course. okay that's why you have the misunderstandings and yeah. but but if you hearken well, that's my story and two people got together and they were happy enough with each other so yeah there we go done yeah, yeah. <laughs> five minutes yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, so they <laughs> the all... rest of the film is just montage <laughs> <laughs> with the montage song but <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's why a lot of historical fiction is used um, to, to tell stories because you you have this automatic obstacles in your social strata. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. So like Downton is a good example yeah. of like um, you know where they get all these stories about who you're allowed and obviously marrying off the girls and yeah. who they could marry and who's a good match and who's a you know yeah. who's un- absolutely unsuitable. Yeah. And so I think that's why they're popular because the time creates the, the, the drama. mechanics of the story the in a way that like. Is, has but as well as more I, think, I think we like to think that those sort of things don't exist anymore. So we like to feel like, oh, if I met anybody, I could marry them. There's no problem. But actually, we marry very much in. But you don't need your father's actual permission to marry them in a way that you would but you have in a different time. You kind of need your family and friends to sign off on them. You so don't, not now. Not in a sign formal off way. Figuratively, not in a formal way. But if you brought home somebody that everybody else was like, he's a thief. Or dangerous, <laughs> or he's you know, a pirate. Yes, or you know, <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. you know they'd be like, "You so ain't dating him." That's experiment, <laughs> bring home pirates to parents. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. they would be like, but uh, I think uh, it's still, and there'd be like a lot of tension and a lot of conflict. Yeah, but I mean, there is even with someone in your same social circle. Sure. It can be if your parents disapprove, and you yeah, know, no one's so that's so that idea. Genie. Yeah, exactly. So but that it, idea, it's not, it's not overt, but it's definitely there. But it creates, though. It means that. If your parents, so if you're writing the story about you and Jimmy mm-hmm. and being madly in love yeah. and a parent kind of putting a real obstacle there, you're creating, like, a, the parent has to be bad, a bad person, mm-hmm. or Jimmy has to be, or you have to be spineless or something. Yeah. Whereas if you're writing historically, it's not that the parents are bad people. They're just like, well, these are the social rules. And, yeah, but that's know. what I love about it. I love that it's like a, a, a modern problem, whether we admit it or not that's told through the prism of historical fiction. Hmm. And I love how they're kind of, the two of them are explored. I yeah. think that's why we're so drawn to it. It's because it is still a problem, but we just don't admit it. <laughs> you know what, when Who I'm were I... you prevented from marrying? <laughs> <laughs> this pirate I really liked. That's, <laughs> that's why I love. You even had a pig leg, like, man. <laughs> Hello, I kept his pirate. <laughs> I love 80s films. 80s films. Was there a lot of pirates in 80s films? No, but there was that, like, from one side of the track. He's from the wrong side of the track. So he's from Pretty in Pink was that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, that's why I I think think we are drawn to historic fiction Mm. because Mm. it does do that. 
And we can say, those people that were monsters were so much more enlightened now. Yeah, we're not I could bring home a pirate. It would be fine. It would be fine. (laughs) No, you wouldn't be fine. It's not okay. We'd we'd be like... Yeah. They'd be like, I don't oh, understand no. what he's saying. And all he says is, arr. Yeah. So, I think he's got different values from you, Kathy. I was so, like, he doesn't. My question is, would we be invited on the boat? I well, not know. if you disapprove of him. He's no. a pirate. You know, you could be, you could be pirate now. Te- technically, no. you'll be hostages. Yeah. But yeah, you'll be, you won't be invited, yeah, per se. Be it's more broad. <laughs> that would be... Okay, all right, well, we better wrap yeah, up. So we'll wrap that's a shocking revelation of pirate love. Uh, <laughs> I feel like we need a better title. I'm going to think of a better title. Yes. Well, thanks for listening. Um, we'll see you next time, I guess. Yeah. And we're available on Irish Writers Podcast, um, the Irish Writers Podcast at gmail.com, and you can tweet us at the Irish Writers Pod. Yep. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, okay, thanks, bye. guys. Bye. bye. bye.